Yes, sir. yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet child. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. All my people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. All my people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all. From the floor, the key to DC, just ride. All my people worldwide, how you feel? Just ride. Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Bay Heights Pod. Ryan here. If I'll um, start that again. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Bay Heights Pod. If you ha- please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. If you got any uh, feedback, any questions, any topic ideas you want us to talk about, you can reach us at at Bay Heights Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can drop us a mail at at Bay, he- at Bay Heights Pod at gmail.com. Hey Ryan, how you doing? Pretty good, Jason. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How's your weekend going? Oh, it's good now. Um, actually, no, I've had a good weekend. I'm drinking a Coors Light, so everything's right in the world. Um, it's oh, a good nice. weekend. Yeah. I'm going uh, no alcohol tonight, actually. I had, uh, oh, okay. Just all water, yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? It's funny because, like, I'm I'm this, like, Americanized Canadian, and people, <laughs> think it's, pe- people think it's a gimmick, and I say, I say that I drink Coors Light, and then people actually come to my house and they see me drinking Coors Light and they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, you oh, you weren't kidding. Um, so, um, yeah, it just shows you the palate I have for beer and I could care less. Um, <laughs> the week, weekend was good. Uh, it's officially week one without my daughter for the first time. So that's kind of a okay. strange uh, little thing, but um, she's having a great time in the, in the motherland. And it's been a good couple of sports weekends, man. I've been keeping busy with a lot of um, NBA COVID bubble uh, ball. Oh, and uh, we're gonna—I want to ask you about that before we get there. Wait, so your daughter is she in Portugal? She is in Portugal. Yeah. Oh wow! Like you're not in Portugal yet. I'm not in Portugal yet. She went with my mother and okay. uh, my father. My father. We were doing it in stages. So my father went okay. two weeks ahead. My mother and daughter are going two weeks ahead of us, and you okay. know, T minus uh, seven days for us. So we'll okay. be reunited soon. So yeah, this was a big. Uh, yeah, it's you know she's six years old, so it's it's yep. definitely a much. She's been on an airplane before, but a trip the a trip of this length and um, definitely an adventure. Just her and grandma going together. So she was super. Yeah. Excited. Okay. Your mom mm-hmm. took. She took the work. She uh, she's going to bear the brunt of all the work on the airplane. Okay. I, well, actually, I, I, you still have your other kids, so. I still have my other kid. You know, it's a situation where, like, when you're that grandmother, that it's like it's it's not work. Like, I know my mother was counting down the days that she was going to travel with her granddaughter. You know, it's as much fun for her as as okay. probably for my daughter at this stage in my mom's life. So, um, so yeah, so they're good. Uh, they're having a good time. They're reuniting with some cousins that actually I haven't even met yet. So okay, um, okay. So that's super cool of them, and yeah, here on the um, on the house front, just been just been great. Couple of sports weekends with, like I said, basketball, and there's been some uh, great MMA fights as well. And uh, all the MMA leagues are kind of back now. UFC was kind of the lone wolf, but now the okay. small the smaller leagues are catching up. And same thing with boxing. I'm just getting my just getting my uh, sports combat fix, which is um, selfishly is what I always wanted, but. You know, I, Did, I told. Has has the sabbatical interrupted any? Because you know, sports watching sort of just like watching any content is habitual, right? That's how advertisers, content producers do. They get you into the habit. That's why when they would in the old days when they would move a show from a time slot, 
it might like wreck the following if they kept moving it around. So has the interruption, has it impacted any of your, any of your habits at all in following any of the sports? Yes. Or are you pretty much just going back in the group? If anything, it's, it's, so it soured me, the, the empty arenas, I'll just speak okay. to that. Um, the empty arenas have soured me on professional wrestling. I mean, okay. pro, rest, pro, <laughs> pro wrestling, not being able to feed off a crowd. It's, um, you know, you have these guys that will do like a move set and they'll sell. And it's like, who the fuck are you selling for? Like, it's so stupid. Yeah. Right. So, and, 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 you know, it's been pointly astute um, that, you know, these guys just don't know how to work in small arenas because they've just been, especially the guys who have known nothing but the WWE system. Um, combat sports, on the other hand, and much like basketball, I, I don't know, I, I, the basketball has been so great for me anyways. Yeah. The, yeah. the level of play has been so great. And I know that, I can only imagine that for these athletes, whether it's uh, a fighter or a ball player or an NHL hockey player, there was even a really good... Um, Champions League uh, soccer match over the weekend. I can only imagine that the crowd is the conduit to what's going on at home, right? So if the crowd is buzzing, you would think subconsciously that these athletes are saying, okay, not only, not only am I getting a reaction out of this crowd, I know that there's a bunch of people at home watching and okay. it's just a way to feed off that. Um, so absent fans... Yeah. You know, how are they, how are they doing this type of thing? Right. And I think, I think from the basketball perspective, we'll get into um, COVID sure. ball in a second. Yeah. The, the benches have been doing okay. a really great job of just making the pickup <laughs> ball experience. Like they've been so animated, so um, engaged in the games that they might not otherwise during a regular age of games. Yeah. Right? You see a lot of players just kind of, matter of fact and just going through and they, they make they might get animated during a big dunk or a big defense yeah it just seems like now that you can hear everything i, um, I think that's part of it i, I think yeah. part of why they're getting animated is because they know their the other teammates can hear them yes. and it's also i think like the real estate at the back with the seats and everything like they have more space and it sort of gets you know there's a little more room to because there's more room to maneuver they kind of they're they're picking up their kinetic energy you know exactly and yeah. And then because you hear the other guys down the other side of the bench, then it's like, then you almost, that almost provokes the other team. So yes. now the two teams are kind of going at it. So I, I think, and I imagine in practices, that's a bit like how it can get sometimes with these really competitive teams. The ones who are really good. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say to, to add to that, I mean, do we even need to mic up players anymore? I mean, basically these, these, big, <laughs> boom, these big boom mice can pick up everything and you know, you're getting these instagram stories of of guys clearly saying things that otherwise um, um you know uh you know when there's twenty thousand people in an arena won't be able to pick up but now you know suddenly these instagram and uh, reddit clips it's like it's it's full-blown audio <laughs> of these guys so i i don't know i just think so it's 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 definitely you know you know what? I'll save it for when we get into it. But um, yeah, uh, but needless to say, I've been um, the NBA experience has been uh, it, it's been better than what I expected. Yeah, let's just get into it. Um, so, like, sure. you know, um, just heads up, like we did uh, for the listeners, we actually did talk. We did a bit of a check in a few weeks ago about the, where the NBA was because it started up. But to be honest, because of my my mishandling on my end, I wasn't able to publish anything. So the last time any listeners heard our talk about the about the bubble, about that, it was like 
it was it was just as the plans were being formed. And then the last things we were talking about was like how how we hadn't really talked about any play yet. So let's like we can kind of recap that or just impressions well, how, well, of bubble about, as well as even the tournament and how everything's going with play and everything. So how how about how has your watching of the NBA um so yeah, right okay. now right now as we as we speak they're they're done the the playing games and the yeah. are gonna start. Um yeah. I know my position has evolved. I was, you know, kind of shitting at it at times just due to the length and I didn't think that okay. um the quality so how is your position evolved? Yeah. So like one small point uh about watching games. I'll say like we talk about the reason I asked about the the habits of watching is uh and maybe it's just about settling into grooves, but you know, you turn on the game and you can just power through like a game. That used to be how it was. And then Watching one of the first games back, one of the first games I saw was Raptors Lakers, and the I, I, it's been a long time since I like watched something that was like over two hours, and, and that's kind of just my own habits. It was really just sports. I don't watch enough movies for it to go that long. So for me, I'm like in and out the game, and that's a bit different. Uh, otherwise, very much enjoyed everything I've been seeing, like the production, high level quality in my in my view, just how the NBA set up like the arenas, the the imagery, it's almost looking like a video game. The digital fans, I know some people don't quite like it. I think it's a nice touch to sort of, they're trying to, I understand that the sound that you hear, the music it's being piped into the video, but not in the arena. So like in the arena, like you're not, they're not hearing all those sound effects. Um, and so I think that's kind of cool. Now, um, yeah, like you said, uh, I, I think like it's, whether it's the layoff or the fact that they only brought like the, the high, the higher ranking teams back, but I've been very impressed by quality of play and like the, just how much these guys care. Cause you know, it would have been easy for different teams like the Phoenix Suns to just show up and say they don't really care, but everyone seems to really care about like what they're doing. Um, so I think it's been really good. And I think it's been just good for the, the players, for the league, for just really the country. Cause you know, I think like, tough times a lot of like just a lot of issues going around in society and with public health and like social unrest so uh just to have a bit of normalcy i think it's been great that um game that you alluded to raptors versus okay. lakers um, okay. it, so i think we spoke about um our first COVID episode, you were saying something to the effect of well what if the quiet leonard shot um took place with zero fans okay. and and I felt like I had a bit of um, a hipster you, answer to you, right? Where yeah, well, you, like, yeah, you would have been, it's great. It's great either way. It's fine. Yeah. And then I thought about it and I'm like, oh man, I kind of, uh, I kind of no sold it to you. Right. And I thought, I thought about it for the coming Yeah. Time. Okay. And then, I, and then I saw Kyle Lowry play and it's like, wow, this guy gives zero Fs if there's like 60 people watching or no <laughs> one. Like that guy, that game versus the Lakers almost accidentally proved somewhat of my point which is to suggest okay. that that was such a magical performance and i know you we've talked about hall of fame and how you like certain moments and um that to me is is a moment i mean here is okay. uh here is like the first um first game that the rap the defending champions are playing in the bubble they're playing against the western conference um leader um and LeBron James and Anthony Davis and, and all those guys. And here's Kyle Lowry, who we've said is like, you know, he's never the best point guard in the game. 
um, year okay. after year. He's just not. And here he is. It's almost, it's almost on character for Kyle Lowry to be the best player on the court that day when there's no fans. It's just ball. Yeah. It's just mono and mono. Hey guys, no one's watching. It's just us out here. And here he is doing the most Kyle Lowry. Like in other words, wasn't that the most Kyle Lowry thing to do was to have one of his probably one of his better games, um, <laughs> certainly regular season games of his career. Um in the NBA bubble when there's just no fans to feed off of. It's just, he's almost feeding off himself. Kind of. Now, I don't want to sound like a wet blanket, but can I add a few, a little bit of context that might debunk a little bit what you're saying? Of course, you don't need my permission. So, <clears throat> so uh, first question, and then I have some other points. Do you think it would have played out differently if Avery Bradley or Rajon Rondo had made it to the bubble? They were without uh, their guards and Lakers. Yeah, probably so. But what I'm okay. trying to what I'm trying to hone in on is is the mentality of Kyle Lowry. Like, like he could have mm. been. In other words, that game could have been okay. the Toronto Raptors versus the Western Conference All Stars. Like that, we, we've talked about how game this guy is. Whoever okay. his opposing team is, and you're right. I mean, maybe I think he ended up with 30 points and something like that. Sure, um, there's there's probably a good chance that uh, he maybe doesn't have that crazy of an output had there been better guard opposition, but, um, but who knows? It could have just been, um, it just could have been his night. And if, it, in other words, that's the night that happened. That's the night we saw on TV and it's just, okay, let's, let's, let's give Kyle Lowry another nod of why he's like, to me, it just further solidifies yeah. the kind of player who I always thought he was. Um, and it, if you were to ask me, all right, who are the guys that are going to perform really well in the bubble? I definitely would not have told you Damian Lillard. We're going to get into him in just a second. But um, okay. it, like Kyle Lowry would be on top of my list because that guy is just born to play basketball. I mean, he is Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed just fighting in an empty gym at the end of the movie. Like, he's just that guy that's just going to get down uh, regardless of who's watching. So um, to so, answer your question, I, I don't have a good answer. I, all I can say is that that same Kyle Lowry would have shown up whoever was playing that night. I think you're right. I, I'm, I was posing it more to see what you might say. I think, I think the Raptors are actually just a more steady and uh, prepared team than the Lakers, despite the Lakers having LeBron James and Anthony Davis. There, mm -hmm. so I think we, I think we got the result that we were going to get. Now, I think the Raptors, like these other points that came to mind, like besides Kyle Lowry sort of being locked in the Raptors themselves have just straight just been superb. Like the whole unit, the whole squad, you know, it's like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Now they also did get, I mean, I don't know how much this should matter, but they keep talking like the ESPN likes to always point out that, well, the Raptors have more cohesion because they showed up at the bubble two weeks before everybody else. Cause you know mm -hmm. how like the, uh, like they couldn't go back to Toronto because everybody right. was doing the quarantine in their home cities and they were going to come over. It was going to be too much of a challenge going across the border because most of these guys are not in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, okay, like, I mean, they have cohesion kind of, but like, I mean, they were already a well-oiled machine before the, before the bubble. Um, I think that Kyle Lowry, like in some ways, when we talked about the ranking of the Raptors, that game against the Lakers in my head, that, that might've been that, that watershed moment. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what? Kyle's the, um, He's the number one Raptor. Yeah, mm -hmm. that might have been mm -hmm. it. We'll find out. Uh, we'll see how the season plays out if it changes my mind. But 
like years from now when we're doing this ranking, like what was the moment that you asked me, what was that moment where he becomes that number one Raptor? I might have that, even if that's not really what it is, like maybe there's some really great moments in the playoffs that do it, but this probably would be one of those images in my head that stand out. Just his, uh, I can't remember what his stat line was. He had a, he had a triple double in that game. I can't exactly I think remember. He, he almost had a triple double. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, just impressive numbers. Yeah. And, and, and to, to your point about, yeah, whether these teams are well oiled or not, listen, um, I think what you take out of this is the good. Um, so teams that performed well, given their kudos, play individual players. Oh, before you well. go on, yeah. Just before you move on to other teams, just one last last point about the Raptors just being well run and everything. Just reiterating, if you recall, like, and I don't know if we mentioned on the previous pods, uh, was the the way Masai and the organization had set it up for the Raptors. Like their hallway in the hotel is like apparently decked out in complete Raptors like decorations and merchandise so it's like you know you're in the raptors hallway you go into the rooms and all the players had picture frames of their of their family ever waiting for them to like try and just get them comfortable and then drake i think had sent over like these scented candles to all the players oh my so, God. jesus Christ. <laughs> of course of course <laughs> scented candles why, why not why not uh, why not a matching lint roller as well <laughs> but i just mean like this is the type of stuff that if you think about when like business school graduates get out of business school and then they go join their companies, they'll compare notes about, hey, like, well, my company did this for me, my company did this for me. And then it just sort of ups the game of what it takes. You know, different companies would be like, oh, well, that's true. Um, you know, so <clears throat> so then the players now they're all in the bubble. They get to compare notes. But anyway, sorry, keep going about like what were you going to say about uh, about I think um I think you have to treat this NBA uh, eight-game play-in, whatever the hell they call it. Um, you have to treat it a lot like spring training baseball. Um, okay. So the hitters that are really hitting, you just you give them the praise. You're saying like, okay, um, keep that fluid motion. Uh, you know, big. Um, so guys that do really well in spring training, they're often noted as being okay. Uh, let's let's ride that momentum. And the guys that don't you say it's spring training these guys need a minimum of 40 at bats no big deal and i think that you're going to see a lot of that with especially the matchups i mean we'll talk about portland and, and lakers but yeah i mean people are already writing uh writing off the lakers and it's like do we, <laughs> okay. do we even know if they cared about any of the games that they won or lost i mean i'm sure they do i'm sure, like they're they're obviously human they'd rather make shots than not make shots and guys would rather you know, score more points and make more stops. It's all that, but but are they really being affected going to the next game, or is it now? It's all right, guys. Daddy's home. It's game time. So, I think right. a lot of this NBA play-in has been all right. The teams and the players that are doing well, great. You provide us great moments, and NBA is officially back. But let's not sleep on the teams that are, you know, quote underperforming because they just might be using this as just pure. Um, you know, uh, just just getting reps in, you know, and that's that's all they're doing. They're just working out the kinks, and they're not really concerned with the box score. Well, to be honest, though, when I saw that Laker game, no, I mean, we want to move on from it, but just because you mentioned the Lakers, like they looked legit frustrated. They looked like they were trying everything they could to beat the Raptors, and they couldn't. Mm -hmm. um, I think the loss of Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley is going to hurt them as they go forward in the playoffs. Now, I, I the sentiment I get from people talking about that matchup with the Blazers is more. Whoa, like this is maybe not going to be as easy as they think, but I don't know if anybody's really writing off the Lakers. It's just that they're not 
talking about the Lakers like they're the super dominant number one seed. Uh, I do think that people are underplaying what it means to be the top seed versus lower seed. They keep saying, well, no home court advantage. I'm like, yeah, but that's not the point. It's not just about the home court. It's the fact that when you are the number one seed, you're playing the lower ranked teams. Now on, okay, fine. The Blazers may not be the best example because they're almost a completely different team with Nurkic and Zach Collins back and skinny mellow now in a, in a different kind of, in a different kind of shape now. But overall, like the higher ranked you are, you're going to play the lower seeded team. That's an advantage, right? It's better to be number one playing number eight than it is number two playing number seven. Now, forget the exceptions, but I just think that that's being overlooked whenever they say, oh, no home court advantage. Like, it's not because the the, the the home court team wins more often than not, not just because, well, they had home court. It's because the other way around. They were the better team, therefore they won home court advantage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, that that's one of the things that has sort of bugged me a little bit the way they're talking about this. Because the thing is, is uh, yeah, I mean, um, what, yeah, so that, that's kind of what I've got to say about, about that part. Now, when I, I caught the, um, I'm thinking of different games now, but like, I think one of what's jumping out to mind right now is the Blazers, because I was paying attention to them a little bit, just yeah, seeing how they're going to do the playoffs. Let's talk about them. Can we first agree that that's probably the story of the bubble, the Blazers and Damian Lillard? I think so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they're one of the top few stories. They're one of the top five stories for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sorry, go on. Well, the um, I so I saw this, but okay. First question: Did this play-in game? Do you have any opinion on it? Good, bad for the league? <laughs> annoying? Because like, because there's a lot of conversation around it. And I'll yeah. be honest, like my view is. I don't care either way. Like you can make any argument for and against, and I guess it's just the media who needs to exactly. create some content. But right. it's just like as long as you knew what the rules were in the beginning, like you can you can justify whatever you want. So um, anyway, I mean, this is okay. something that this is this is a makeshift rule set because it's it's completely circumstantial. And you're right. Um, we knew what the rules were going into it. We certainly knew what the rules were with one, two games left and all the permutations, yeah. and it worked out that way. And I guess the baby face won in the end. So I know I went home happy. I was definitely pulling for them, even though it's kind of sad yeah. to see JV just missed out and had an excellent game. Um, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to talk about JV just before we continue with the boy because it's okay. really si- just a side point, and I hope we don't go too far away from the sure. point. But you know, I. Uh, Looking back at the Raptors win, I completely understand why we traded him away, and I don't think we would have won a ring with him. He's, oh, wow. he's he, yeah, like I, I'm not convinced by him. He is serviceable, but he's not an All Star like Marcus All. He I is knew that already, and and not only that though, he's just not a he's not a mentally strong guy. Like you can just see him lose his cool, get so frustrated when things don't go his way. And I I'll always remember when game one against the Cavs when they just got obliterated in that in that sweep, mm-hmm. how he just if you see that going into the end of regulation, how it looked like he got struck in the heart with an arrow, he just fell to his knees. He's just, he's just, he's part of now maybe him. That's part of him sort of maybe feeding a bit off of Damar, but they just, these were not guys who are built to be champions the way that this current Raptor squad is. So I'm like, I I like JV as a guy, you know, he sounded like a good teammate, but it just, I get why he was traded. And so I'm not really shitting any tears for him, but that was one of my takeaways looking at the Grizzlies game. Sorry. Let's continue with the Blazers. And yeah. Grizzlies. And by the way, hashtag give JV a ring. So uh, the Blazers <laughs> were just, yeah, the Blazers were obviously the darling and it, 
doesn't help that, uh, or sorry, it does help that um, Skip Bayless had to um, throw some shade at, at Dame Time and, uh, okay. and and pretty much getting a obliver, uh, uh, um, just getting a scorch for it. So, look, um, I know that I talked to a few people who didn't know really who Damian Lillard was, and they're really they, okay. Yeah, and and you know, to be honest, they don't really. They're just Raptors fans, right? They're not. Oh, um, they're okay. clearly not. They're clearly not NBA. They're fans, homers. So, Oh, okay. Yes. So, Homer's, like, do they follow the Leafs and the Jays and the Raptors? And, yeah, let's just chalk like, it up to the local teams. And, um, you know, but once you point out, oh, did you know that Damian Lillard was the guy that made this shot last year in the playoffs? And, blah, blah. and he's so, done it twice in his career. How many yeah, people have right, Anyway, so, keep going. Well, needless to say, his Q, his Q score has definitely shot up during this time. Um, okay. And so I don't, I'm not faulting anyone for who – now, if you do follow the NBA, you don't know who Damian Lillard is. I don't know how, <laughs> okay. how, that, how that's possible. Um, but yeah, I think he, he entered a strategy. He's kind of had that run almost like a Jeremy Lin Gilbert arenas type thing where you just hope he's not just the flavor of the month kind of guy. Uh, well, you, hold you on hope, a, are you yeah. kind of underplaying like, cause he's an all NBA player for no, several no, no, years no, no, no. now. I'm, so. I'm, 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 no, I'm completely being devil's advocate. Dame, it's listen, I've been Dame time for a long time. I check my okay. watch two, three years ago, <laughs> and it said Dame time. You don't have to convince me of Damian Lillard. And, okay. and for those keeping scores, he's a huge wrestling fan. He gets it. If you have, if, Actually, if you watch his post-game interviews, the tweets against uh, Skip Bayless, yeah, that, 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 boy, that boy's watched his rocks and his <laughs> growing up and Mick Foley and Stone Cold. Listen, he, he gets it. He knows, he knows that element. He knows when to... Okay, he knows how to hype. He know well. He put it this way: he knows how to be Damian Lillard and also act like Damian Lillard. So I think he's, okay. I think he gets it, and I think that's why I've always been a big fan. And just now, oh my God, it's the homecoming, right? And um, I'm I'm just so happy for him. You and I talked before uh, the COVID to say that. Uh, sorry, we spoke about the, the 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 COVID NBA playoffs, and you know we said something along the lines like, "Look." Um, you know, you could just see the headlines being written about if uh, the Los Angeles Lakers were to win, um, how LeBron would get another kind of asterisk style um, NBA title. And if the Raptors were going to win, you know, they'd be like the first back-to-back championship, <laughs> back-to-back champions to win. One year being like a coup, taking a player for one year, and the next year you need the COVID bubble. And, you know, we mentioned about how it wouldn't even matter for certain guys to win it because I think everyone just, it would be such a feel good story with zero controversy and you would just, it, it would, it would be an NBA championship really on its own merit. And yeah. definitely, definitely Portland's one of the, if the Portland trailblazers somehow win this NBA championship, um, I, you just, okay. You know, there'll be some people saying it, but I think I know me as a Toronto fan, I can, I can see, um, just everyone being very happy for for this story, um, for this kind of uh, for this kind of team, yeah. the way they've meshed all the other players that you mentioned has Carmelo finally winning a championship, Skinny Melo. I mean, yeah. it would just it would have all the makings of okay. Listen, this is a makeshift season. Yeah, it's an asterisk, yeah. but guess what? Hats off to the Portland Trailblazers. You guys absolutely deserve to be named you, NBA champions. Yeah. Because they them winning would be like the 2010 Mavs winning in a way. They just sort of just 
they were like escalating and escalating. They kind of come out of nowhere in a way in the middle of the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. like the 2010 Mavs, uh, sorry, is it 2010 or 2011 Mavs? Uh, uh, I think it's the 2011 I think Mavs. It's 2011, yeah. 2011. Yeah. So they they swept those Lakers, who are the repeating champions, the back-to-back champions before that, for nothing in the in the Western Conference Finals, and that was so super surprising. Nobody was calling that. They weren't really considered a like a, a real strong favorite. Everyone is expecting a Kobe Lebron uh, Kobe Lebron final, and then they go and they beat the the Heat now. And then it was just seen as such a feel good story because if you look at Dirk and Jason Kidd and all these other veterans who got a mm-hmm. chance to win and. Portland, if you think back in the past few years, like a few years ago, they got swept by New Orleans and Anthony Davis. And everyone said, oh, the Blazers, you got to break them up and they suck. And then, by the way, the breakup thing, that almost maybe should be a separate pod. I'm so tired of hearing about people saying you should take when you have all NBA players, just say, screw it, break it. It's like, uh, yeah. it's not that easy to find the top 15 best players out of 300. Yeah. So anyway. Welcome to Toronto. Um, well, that's, that's a whole current landscape thing right you hear that everywhere not not just toronto but that's true but um um so and then okay there's there's that then the way they get swept by the war it's like they, they've always kind of just keep coming up short they never quite keep getting their due and then also as players cj mccollum and damian lillard they don't necessarily get as much credit partly which you've alluded to about the q rating because like they're in the northwest sort of isolated from everybody else partly because you already have like like Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson in the same conference, scorching the world. So to see, and then the redemption story of Carmelo Anthony winning a ring after all this, uh, and then with that, that Nurkic broke his le- or whatever his injury was last year. Like to see them all yeah. come back, I think it would be just quite a remarkable story. Um, like before, uh, I want to I want to kind of quickly go through. Not, no, we don't go into detail, but just sort of get your thoughts on the brackets. Before that, though, we talked about the Blazers and the Grizzlies. Uh, any, did you have any, well, at least what, like one of the takeaways I had about the Grizzlies was John Morant. I got so much admiration for him as a player, as a man, very young guy. I mean, he's a rookie, but he carries himself with such poise, such strength. Like, like that's, that's a leader. Like you can see Mm -hmm. how he's handling his team. Like he also, he's very humble. And like, just when there was, he hits that last three pointer to try, I mean, they were down by six. But he's ice cold, like he, not, he's just got ice in his veins. He's just running up, just so calmly lifts up, shoots a three within five seconds, and he's not losing his cool. He's just maintaining composure. He's like thinking, okay, what is the next play I've got to make? And that's what winners do. They don't get caught up in the emotion. They just say, like, okay, I have to complete task A, B, C. That's what I need to focus on. And he didn't, you know, he was, and apparently he was in. He had an injured thumb for the past few games, but he doesn't mm. really. He wasn't obviously disclosing that for obvious reasons, but like. Um, but I, I just I think that there's a bright future for Memphis and him. I think he's Memphis has got a good one. Um, what do sure. you quite, just prediction like five years from now, ten years from now? Who do you think is more? Who do you think is more important to say the NBA is either John Moran or Zion Williamson? I mean, right now you got to go with um, with Moran. Well, say five years from now, ten years from now. Predict. Yeah, that's both because okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm already seeing like uh, you're already seeing a guy with weight issues, and you know, you, you question yeah, the skin. But you know what? They they said that about Akeem Olajuwon too. Um, okay, I don't know. It's it's really yeah. tough to say. I listen. I I'm you know me. I'm like the glass half full guy. I hope I want everyone okay. to win NBA championships. I want everyone to be in the Hall of Fame. Where I'm kind of like the feel good yeah. all shucks. Guy well, I mean, to, uh, but yeah, yeah I, I mean gun to my head if i had to pick based on what i've seen so far yeah it's got to be moran yeah i think 
I, I, for, I just for all feel the like there's, I, yeah, I just sense that there's this feeling like, do you remember the, the Kevin Durant and Greg Oden draft? Maybe that's not the best draft. Maybe it's the Derek Rose, Michael Beasley draft where, um, well, no, I mean, that's not a great one. Greg Oden, Kevin Durant was what came to mind. Like Greg Oden goes number one, Kevin Durant goes number two. Kevin Durant yes. goes on to have, become a hall of famer. Now, Greg Oden was sort of set back by injuries. Now, with Zion, I think the difference between him and Greg Oden was that Greg Oden, I think, had a lot of personal issues going on that sort of prevented him from handling the problems he was handling. Whereas Zion, by all by all appearances, he just seems like he's just really got a great head on his shoulders and he will overcome adversity. I think you to overcome adversity, you need the right mindset. That doesn't matter how skilled and athletic you were, right? If you anytime you face setbacks, you've got to figure out a way to adapt. And he's you're like I wouldn't really worry too much about him. I just think that if people, it's just hard to talk about 19 year olds and say, yeah, he'll be, he'll be LeBron. Right. Which is what people are saying about Zion, which is not really fair. Um, I I think Greg Oden was just injury route from the get go. I mean, I'm pretty sure the guy was conceived during an ACL tear somewhere in the world. (laughs) So I think that guy just had a really bad, and sure. He probably just didn't have, um, have it going on between the shoulders, but I, I don't yeah. put it this way. I would love to see like 10 other players do better with the hand he was dealt, which was just immediate injuries right off, like just debilitating injuries right off the get go. Yeah. So here, I'm going to quickly read off some of the brackets to you just to kind of get mm. some thoughts. Now, okay. We've already talked about Lakers blazers. So that's number one and eight. Then there's two and three, which is sorry, two and seven, which is Clippers Mavericks. Any, do you have any thoughts on that? Any kind of observations? Because uh, to be honest, I don't really. The only thing that stuck out to me was was Pat Bev and Paul George heckling Dame Lillard. Um, and that's about it. I don't really have many other images of the Clippers. I, I did note how there was an article that talked about how Kawhi and Paul George were trying to get their chemistry right during the, the quarantine, which is interesting because it sounded like they sort of flouted the rules because they weren't supposed to be doing any work during the lockdown. But anyway. What the hell does um, that even mean? Well, like, apparently, like go, they were saying that... Like, they do they both go in eHarmony to see what if they're <laughs> left brain, right brain, A-type, B-type? Yeah. What the hell does that even mean? Well, I, mean, I think Paul George went to San Diego or something like that, so... Um, okay. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pulling for Mavs, if I have okay. to. I got, yeah, I don't... Because um, Luca or just... or Because you're, okay, you're rooting against Kawhi. Um, that's a little... You know what... I, as you know, I'm kind of soured on the Clippers organization for how they handled it. <laughs> okay. Sterling, like I'm still kind of not over. I don't, I don't wish the Clippers. Sterling, they got rid of him. They, they that's what I mean. mean. I'm not, I'm not happy how it went afterward. We talked about the whole Magic Johnson uh, situation. How I, you know, so I'm just kind of like, but, okay. Uh, but Magic Johnson wasn't even in the running to buy the team. Yeah, I, 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 well, actually, you know what, Jason? Ever since we recorded that, I read some articles that um, he was reached out to, and um, he would have. So been, he chose not to. Uh, no, 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 no. It was. It went to the highest bidder. He was. He never. Had well, yeah. Chance. I mean, like, yeah, two point. Bombers offering two billion. billion. Yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, if if you and I have talked about kind of the hypocrisy of the NBA, I think that's another one there. It's like here you have a guy who maybe doesn't have the funds to match, but yet they could. How many years did the NBA prop up the New Orleans Hornets, like own them? So you're telling me they can't do some voodoo ownership bullshit to get Magic Johnson as an owner in the NBA? Anyways. Well, that, long- that was like a last resort though, right? They didn't want to do that. They they, 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 they couldn't they, find an owner they, for the Hornets. They, they did it. 
so anyways, I'm not, um, that's, that's my hill to die on. So no, I, you'll never see me cheer for, um, the Clippers. But that, that team would have been horrible if Magic owned him. Magic has shown that he's just not good in the office. Like well, he doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe, but maybe you don't give him, maybe you give him, uh, you know, minority share and, you know, kind of, like well, he, Kind of he like had Mark, a minority share in the Lakers, right? He sold like, it. Kind of, kind of like, kind of like how Mark Cuban. I think people think that he makes basketball decisions, but he, he really doesn't. He's just he's he's not a Jerry Jones. Put it that way. He's not that involved in the team. He actually does um, give. Uh, yeah, he's got uh, Donnie Nelson, or I forget mm-hmm. who the. But I mean, Magic was a minority owner of the Lakers, and he sold yeah, it to yeah. Patrick Soonshow. Yeah. So he's he's got his other stuff. He, yeah. I anyway, okay. Have. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just not very sure for the for the Clippers, Okay. So, so mm-hmm. sorry. Three six Denver Utah. I got zero comment. Um, I think. I think Utah. I think I didn't catch the game, but they were talking about how they were trying to lose to avoid the Rockets. You know, that's never a great. Um, it's it's never a good sign when you don't have the confidence. I don't know. I just my sure. belief is that if you're a team that has confidence, you don't really care who you play. You just go and show up and play because. Like to be a champion, you have to win sixteen games anyway. Um, and the Spurs, like true, the, the Spurs have never ever been afraid. Like during Popovich and t- the Tim Duncan era, like they're never ever afraid of any team that they play. They were just like, okay, this is who we're gonna play. We're either gonna win or we're gonna lose, but we're just gonna play. And but they weren't. I they've guess never. They weren't they've never tried other funny stuff. Yeah, I guess they weren't afraid to lose either, right? So, um, yeah, you know, maybe it's maybe it does take. Uh, a mentor, because, not just a coach, but a mentor like Pop to be like, guys, this is just a game. You know, you lose, you go home to your wife and kids, so not a big deal. Yeah. But you know, let's let's still let's still put our best uh, effort forward. Um, but yeah, I I didn't know that about. Um, but you, sorry, you said Utah uh, did that to avoid Utah and Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't have anything. Um, Denver. Um... It's funny, Jamal Murray. He, he he's probably I haven't. Is he even in the bubble? Because I haven't heard his name at all through this whole. Anyway, I, I've heard of a bunch of times. I don't know why though. I think people keep saying okay. like, yeah, yeah. Okay, we, we're gonna probably talk about like the the Canadian players and at some point. I just I just think it's a bit sure. of an interesting subplot over the next ten years about where mm-hmm. these players are going. So then we got four or five. This is Houston versus Oklahoma. I mean, that's, so that's an easy one right there, right? Easy one, you mean in terms of Rockets winning? It's that's a four or five matchup. Right? That's the, you, the you, one that's the most ripe for an upset if there ever was one. Yeah, you said it, not me. No, obviously I'm hoping for Houston. Um it's funny because okay. if, if you if you want to talk about media coverage, I'm, I'm rooting for OKC, okay, but keep going. <laughs> if if I so the the um, the most interesting thing, and I don't know if it's played out, maybe I'll ask you if you think it's played out this way. Basically, the media narrative going into it, I was listening to a lot of um, Fan 590 here in Toronto, and they um, um, just, you know, just so you don't pull the hair out of your um, hair out of your head, they had plenty of American um, sportscasters come okay. in and, and talk hoops. It wasn't just okay. a, round, a round table of Jack and Leo and your other favorite guys. Um, <laughs> So they basically, this was basically what it came down to. It's like, look, they've been off for so long. They haven't practiced. So what you could see is like a Houston Rockets winning a championship. You could maybe see, um, <laughs> yeah. no, no. And, right. and, 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 and this, this is why they said, this is why they said, it's all about the scores, not team scoring scores. And I guess okay. game time was the perfect example of that. Like, here's this guy that just goes off. And okay. is he able to carry that through? Whereas, as you noted, 
um, LA uh, was frustrated in that game against the Raptors because they were trying everything. Well, yeah, they were trying everything X's and O's team chemistry wise, and I guess it just wasn't happening for them that night. So, um, you know, I I don't know if I've so I've seen Raptors games, and I you know I, I probably saw the last um, four or five you know all of all of uh, all of the Portland games going into it because I was just must-see TV and I'm a sucker for that. And that's pretty much what I saw was just, oh my God, this, they're just abandoning, not completely abandoning the team game. Obviously, they have to play team defense, but whenever they need a bucket, yeah, it's like, that's, get, it's, get out of my way, I got this. And I've been seeing yeah, a lot of that. So I don't know if that's that, going to continue to so the playoffs. What you're saying is, is it's, it's touching on how like playing defense, team defense requires the you know the, the workouts together, right? And if for the past few months people have been stuck on their own, the only thing that could happen was scores could practice their scoring, they could practice their own shots, but yeah. they couldn't practice defense, which is why yeah, like guys like Dame going off, like that's gonna matter a lot more in an, in a time where defenses may not be as crisp as that the otherwise were now with Toronto being an exception. So at that, that point, kind of, yeah, it makes sense. Now, Oklahoma versus Houston. This could be interesting. I mean, so you've got Chris Paul going up against Houston. I'm trying to think of the – you've got James Harden and Russell going up against their former team, OKC. They'll, they'll forever be intertwined with OKC just because of how infamous those two trades were. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think um, – who, like what are the other overlapping stories there? But it's uh, that's an interesting series in, in so many ways. Um, but anyway, I, I think that's all I got to say. I think that. Well, I think uh, I, th- I think to to the point that you said earlier that you hate, and you're probably going to hear this if Houston does have a bad playoff series, is they're going to talk about blowing up the team. Yeah, they, but they, but so okay. I, I was thinking about how to bring that up because it's kind of deviating a bit. But, I mean, Tillman Fertitta, who, when he bought the team, now he was highly leveraged in buying that team because he, he's, not, he's not Steve Ballmer-rich. Like, he's, he's a billionaire, but he paid $2 billion plus, and he's only got a few billion. So his businesses are, like, r- kind of tourism-type businesses, like casinos, hotels, restaurants. So this pandemic has severely blunted his wealth, and him buying the team is also dependent had been dependent on the future cash flows of the of the of the nba or and of the rockets right mm-hmm. well if within his first couple of years daryl morey's tweet sort of just <laughs> eradicates a bunch of the, yeah. of the rockets because they can't show rockets games in china whereas the other teams are and all the rockets merchandise is gone that's impacting one revenue stream now you have the pandemic impacting his uh his revenue stream going to the rockets and his other businesses outside the nba have all been dramatically impacted so uh to your point, would they blow up a team? Like he had always been notoriously saying that he was willing to pay luxury tax, except there's all these stories about how they've been trying to skimp on spending on the, on the team and players, things like skimping on how many team buses they would have. Like, cause team buses to the hotel, you might have more than one bus running every few minutes. So he'd be like, well, why, why do you need a bus every 15 minutes? Why not just do one every 30 minutes? You know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And it's just like, that's not a good sign. And now this, I don't know. He then Mike D'Antoni's and is going. This is his final year, I think. So he could yeah. be a free agent as well. Um, yeah, we'll look out. You're right. If, if they lose this, I mean, we'll see some dramatic stuff. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if Russell gets traded again? I don't know what happens there, but maybe maybe when the poll playoffs are done, we can talk about oh, well, what kind of funny things could happen. But um, just jumping to the East Conference now. So we already covered 
uh, Toronto Raptors. They're going to face Brooklyn, and they're going to beat Brooklyn. So let's move on from that. Um, okay. That's a 2-7. <laughs> Sorry. One Milwaukee, eight Orlando. I got nothing interesting to say other than no. um, Giannis, lay off the headbutts. I don't know. That's, that's not good. Um, well, it was European, right? He was just paying homage to his <laughs> in <Zidane>, so. <laughs> oh, that's right. Man, I remember seeing that headbutt when I was in, I was in China for that World Cup. So, so I was watching it at like three in the morning. And uh, I was dozing off because I just didn't get enough rest in the afternoon. And then like, I woke up just in time to see him like smash his head into the guy, and like, and then that was it. And then the guy crumpled down to the ground, like he'd been shot with a bullet. I um, think I think when I saw that, and the British announcers were going, "Goodness gracious me!" and and everyone lost their shit. I just slow clapped. I'm like, that's the greatest thing I've seen in sports. Like, God, I love was, that. Did he oh, play again so, after that, or was that his of retirement? Course he did. No, yeah, okay, well, no, okay. he, he never he never played for uh, for France. But no, okay. I think him and Luis Figo both played for some. Saudi Arabian okay. League and just made okay shitloads okay. of money. But no, yeah, that, that was the end of his uh, national career. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a way, what a, what a way to go. What a way to go I, I love how out. everyone's yeah. like, I love how everyone said like, what a disgrace to his career. It's like, hmm, former World Cup winner, former Champions League winner, former, <laughs> former. Uh, you know, like he's the guy's won it all, and yeah, yeah that's how it just... ends. But what he disgraced his career. It's like, yeah, he's really going to bed sour over his career. Like, <laughs> you guys are such losers. Anyways, I thought that was, like, the greatest sports yeah. moment, one of them. But, yeah. But, yeah, so okay. um, Giannis has got to so, lay off the, the headbutts. He's actually lucky so, he didn't get suspended for a playoff game. Yeah, well, he says he got suspended one game. And, and right, the one that's game kind of, he was the one game he was going to sit anyways. Yeah, I mean, but that's just – that happens in a regular season. If this mm-hmm. happened in a regular season, that's what would happen. Um, Boston, Philly is three and six. Boston, that, that'll, okay. that'll be good. That'll be a good series. Are you okay? So number one, Philly's not gonna win this. I mean, you got Ben yeah. Simmons who's injured. Joel, yeah. I don't even know what's going on with him now. He's questionable, right? Yeah. You're which by the way, I mean, I've this nothing about the Sixers is surprising me. As much as I keep wanting to believe that these guys were meant to win a championship, I've never believed it. Like I, ever since they fired Sam Yankee, it's just it just seemed a little like the media was really trying so hard to make them this contender when they never looked mm-hmm. like one on the court as far as I was concerned. They were no better than the Blake Clippers. And um, the and and uh, when Elton Brand came aboard and he's just firing his shot, like he's he's shooting a shot, he's getting Jimmy Butler, he's getting um, God, what's his name there from the Clippers, uh, um, oh. Tobias Harris. It's just, I was like, all right, well, if you think this is it, I don't think this is what's going to win you a championship. And then somehow everybody thinks that that one shot that Kawhi hit, like if he didn't make that, then they were going to win the championship. I mean, that's the second round. It, the, just You're assuming a lot of stuff goes right after that. Anyway, yeah, it's true. Boston, okay, how concerned are you for Boston versus Toronto, given that Boston just straight destroyed Toronto in that one game? I think, I think you have to be, right? They've, okay. They've got firepower. I mean, Again, Walker is a guy that's, you know, we talked about guys that can just go okay. off because the the right conditions are there. Now Raptors do play. I'm th- pretty sure they played some pretty good team defense from what I've yeah. seen. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah, they so do. that might spell that might be uh, that might be curtains for for a guy like Walker. But I mean, so we've gone to your head. Boston, Toronto in the second round. Who <sighs> who advances? I mean, I kind of want to say Boston. I don't know okay, why. I'm going to say that, Toronto. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. It's um, this is the few I games think, I've seen of the few games I've seen of Boston. 
Yeah, I, I feel like um, in a seven-game series, mm-hmm. Nick Nurse's creativity, the Raptors' cohesion, their dogged determination, I think that they will figure out how to beat Boston in seven games. And it won't be easy, though. It, will, it would be competitive, and it would be a long series. But I think that the Raptors would figure it out. Um, the, the last series, there are 4-5 Indiana-Miami. Um, kind of intrigued. To be honest, I have not kept up with these two teams. I know that they're getting attention. I actually think what's kind of interesting is I could see the, you could kind of see the, the groundwork for these two teams to be among the top two or three relevant teams, like, you know, three, four years from now. You just kind of feel it, like they're on the oh, right really? track. Hmm. You just kind of sense that, you know? You can yeah. kind of see them dethroning something, but... I mean, but, everyone, uh, thought, everyone thought the um, the bucket acquisition was going to kind of be the, to their demise for the Heat, but um, sorry, I don't know. The, who's the, the bucket acquisition? The... Uh, sorry, <laughs> bucket acquisition. <laughs> Jimmy Buckets. Jesus oh, Christ. Jimmy. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. I, um... uh, yeah, because okay. he was he was so toxic coming out of the offseason, right? And I guess, you oh, know, yeah. we're just talking about Russell Westbrook, you know, if, if he decides to go to it and how – and he's kind of that same guy. It's like, ugh, teams want – I mean, you know that you know these players are always going to get picked up, right? But, you yeah. know, who, kind of who wants to deal with that? And it looks like that um, he's done – It's a bit of a shame in a way. Okay, so number one, Jimmy Butler's type – with the Miami Heat, Miami Heat, like that's probably the right team for him, just because of how he likes things to be um, disciplined and structured, and and then the organizations and the players to hold each other accountable. So that sort of fits with him. But on the other hand, it's a bit of a shame that Philly wasn't the right team because the Philly fan base would love guys like Jimmy Butler, you know, guys who just sort of lay it out yep. there and just try hard. Yeah. And they were they were all behind him too, like when they were playing. They, he was probably like the the favorite. He was on the way to being the favorite player on the team. You know what I mean? If he'd stuck around. But anyway, um, then, um, yeah. So I think it's kind of, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And it's just going to be all day games. It's going to be like March Madness. That's, I mean, I don't know how we're going to catch all this. But like, are you working from home? Are you mainly in and out the office? I'm a bit of both, but mind you, I'm going to okay. be overseas, which oh, I don't right. know. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to catch these games. I probably have to find <laughs> somewhat of a decent streaming site because the local Portuguese cafe, you ask them for El Basquetbalo, and they're going to be like, uh, no, senor, no comprende. So I don't know why I spoke, <laughs> I don't know why I spoke Spanish. When I'm I was going to ask. Is that... I'm, per- I'm perfectly <laughs> capable of speaking Portuguese. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll probably ask them, what's uh, the joke basketball? And they'll say, uh, no, no, cool. Okay. No, no, thank you, sir. <laughs> Um, nice. uh, uh, so that'll be tough to watch. Um, and uh, you know, we're five hours ahead. Um, yeah, uh, so Portugal's on Greenwich time, so okay. Um, and Toronto being five hours behind, so yeah, uh, that's gonna be. Um, I guess if I do catch games, they're gonna be all morning yeah. games. Actually, that might work out for me, so that, that, that'll yeah. probably be good. So, cool, yeah, I mean, however, I consume it, it's gonna be. It'll be looking. I'll, I'll I'll certainly be looking forward to it. The first round will, will probably happen within you know the next ten days, and I think that should give us a pretty good indication what kind, who who maybe the who maybe the the finalists would be. Because I don't know. Are you expecting any upsets? I mean, four and five are um, toss ups. Okay. Do we really yeah. see anything happening with one okay. and two seats? So upsets. I 
the only potential upset I could see, because if four fives, you're right, are not really upsets. Um, three sixes, no. The only upset of potential, potential, which is tough, is uh, Portland Lakers. That's the one where if it happens, like we said, wouldn't be surprised. But you know, mm. the Lakers are still the number one team in the league, so I still think they're the number one team in the conference because so. I, I'm just picturing how, uh, like, how does Portland beat LA? Like. It's, it's not happening in four straight games. Just and double teams. I don't know. I think just double teams and Frazzle uh, Davis, Frazzle LeBron, double team, double team. Because like, there's thing, nobody else in the Lakers who can really like contest them, really. So The good thing with Portland is they can kind of, uh, like, okay, maybe Damian Lillard can have an off night because CJ is, is so damn good, too. But, I, like, I just don't see... I just don't see Dame going off for of 40 a night every single game, like six games. If he does, that, it's got to be like – Well, that would be incredible. But, yeah. That man. would be incredible. Yeah. You're right. I mean, there and, – and by the way, what do you think the chances are if uh, there's that one game where Melo drops 36 and that's like, you know, that's true. What if there's that's just true. that one game? Yeah. Uh, it could be a game where, like, Dame picks up three fouls and it's just like he's just not into it and then – Carmel, the old gunslinger, has just got to dust off the boots yeah. and he just walks in there and it's just like, I'm first option? No problem, coach. I got this. And Because what, what yeah. one-on-one, he's still so good. Like, holy shit. I mean, he can yeah. just... Those one-on-one matchups, um, yeah, obscure little corners and tough angles, I mean, he still hits, hits those. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. So, Sorry, you've, you've, actually, what, you've actually convinced me that they could probably win because if he has the one good game that CJ and Dame don't, um, yeah. yeah, then then there's your four games, I think. Because I can easily <laughs> see Dame and CJ playing really well for, like, three wins. So could you imagine, right, if uh, if there's this one game winner, one series winner, it's Melo, just, like, mid-range fadeaway over LeBron. Boom. There you go. Upset. Yeah. All right, man. For sure. Cool, man. This is great. So we'll we'll catch up again after your trip. See how things are. We'll check in where the where they are where they are in the playoffs. Sounds good, man. All right. I'll catch you later. Eh? Safe travels. Take care, Jason. Good night, everyone.